Baroom, baroom, baroom. Baroom. What week is it, Bort? It is coming into week 11. We just finished week 10, and the Vikings pulled off a win. Came down to the last they play. Did, came down to they? the last few plays again, but they won. They did. They did. They managed to to sneak out a victory. They were on the East Coast last week, lost against the Ravens. Traveled all the way to the West Coast to Los Angeles and beat the Chargers. So, what are we four and five now? Uh, yeah, something like that. Four and five. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, four and five. Big win though. I mean, Chargers. Chargers weren't a bad team. They. They had some weird bad losses though. Like they got absolutely destroyed by was it the Ravens that destroyed them? I can't remember. I know they lost to Washington in Washington earlier in the year. They had they lost that. That was kind of a weird loss for them. And then they lost in that that shootout with the Browns where they I think there was a total of 90 points scored in the last at least in the fourth quarter alone between the two teams, which was insane like Eight yeah, that was wild. Yeah, it was. That was crazy, and they lost that one to the Browns. Um, but yeah, they just had some goofy losses. Um, I think they showed a stat they've had over the last. I can't remember how long it was, but they've had like nineteen games come down to the final drive or something like that. Well, and I know, I know, last year they had a ton of like fourth quarter, like losses in the fourth quarter where they had the lead or something like that. So they've been like the talent was there, but the Vikings, the Vikings showed up and they, they had all around fairly good game. I didn't still didn't love the play script on offense as much, but they, I mean that the the throws to Jefferson late in the fourth quarter going forward on fourth and two, when we had the lead, like I love seeing that. And that's probably those specific plays are, are a little bit weightier than others throughout the course of the game, and that's what that's what led to the win, in my opinion. Well, so anyway, um, it is actually. Vikings I got one more thing. But one more thing before we get into that, because they said you said that might be what led to the win. I can almost say that that is what led to the win because coming into this game, the Vikings were three and zero when Jefferson had seven receptions and a hundred yards. Now we are four and zero with seven receptions and over a hundred yards. Because what what did he have? Did he have like seven or eight receptions? Seven receptions? Something. It was something like that. He a uh, hundred and a hundred and forty some yards. Yeah. Um, when you give it to your best playmakers, not named C.J. Ham, good <laughs> things happen. Yeah, he had <laughs> good things happen. What did he have? He had eleven targets, nine receptions for one hundred and forty three yards. So. Yeah that that sounds that sounds about right. Um. <laughs> And it's it's Packers week now. What did you say the line was before we hopped on? Well, hopped on the call yeah, line is now down to what? Yesterday it was started off. Well, it didn't start off. I don't know what it started at, but yesterday it was at the Packers were favored by two. And now when I went to go check, the Packers are favored by one. I can about imagine <clears throat> it's going to fluctuate a little bit more. I feel like there's going to be a good amount of money coming in on either team. I think it could fluctuate up to as much as three. It could fluctuate down even to as much as even if a lot of money comes in on the Packers. So that'll be something that I'm sure fail bookie will monitor for us. Yeah. Um, shout out, shout out to Canute at fail bookie uh, in discord. Uh, for those of you who are in fail, I uh, want to want to tag Canute on some news. You can do it that way. Um, 
Vikings are four and five Packers week. Welcome to episode 30 of the Bach and Bort project, a fail cast episode 30. We are what week 10 review week 11 preview Uh, board. Do you want to give us a rundown on any, any changes in the standings from last week going into this week? Um, Honestly, nothing changed in the playoff race. Um, Jeremy's still at the top with 26. Chris is dope. Chris is there at second with 25. Uh, Sam is right there behind him. He has 25 as well, but he is 20 points uh, behind Chris. Mark has 23 victory points. Jonathan has 20 victory points. And then Josh takes up that final playoff spot with 1,331 total points. Um, So nothing changed there uh, other than... Pete, you did gain a little bit of ground. You're still in that, you know, you're on that bubble. Um, You gained some ground. You have 17 victory points, but you have 1,286 total points. So you're only 45 points behind Josh now. Um, I'm still right behind you, but I'm not in the, I'm not going to be in the running for points. I've had three straight weeks of under 100 points scoring. Um, so I'm just, I'm not going to get there. Eli then follows me with 13 victory points. However, he is closer in the, in the total points scored than I am. Um, he is about, uh, I want to say maybe like 35, 38 points behind you. Um, but 93 points behind Josh. So he is Still in the running, his team as of late has been scoring points. He just hasn't been winning games. Um, so he's he's still on that bubble as well. You know, it just takes a couple bad weeks from Josh and a couple good weeks from you guys, and you're and you're right there in it. So um, the only change in the standings uh, was from the from the Dan Bowl. Um, Texas Dan pulled out the win, so he moved up to eleven victory points. Um, Wisconsin. <laughs> wisconsin dan scored 48 points this week um so he gains ground he moves into the the number four overall pick so far and then matt canute and ben all held in the top three ben with the first overall pick canute with the second pick and matt with the third pick um Matt leads Knute by about 130 points total scored. So that is how it looks through week 10. Awesome. A couple notes of just teams uh, on various winning and or losing streaks. Um, Brent, you're riding a four-game win streak, so that means that means you've got eight victory points at least. Um, not factoring in whether or not you've been top seven and scoring over that four-game win streak. So you're riding a four-game win streak. Chris is on fire. He's been on a seven-game win streak, and he uh, he goes up against Sam this week. So uh, Chris is looking to make it eight in a row for himself. And then there's Jeremy, uh, 10 in a row, was ousted week one, dethroned, we'd like to say potentially, um, but a little, a little uh, premature there as well. He's 10 and one which is kind of insane. Not not saying that we didn't see it happening. I projected him to have one loss. It certainly wasn't to Matt, but a loss is a loss. He's 10 and 1, 10 in a row for Jeremy. 
And then on the flip side, Josh has lost five, his last five since starting four and one and being on top of the standings on our week five preview, I believe. He was at the top of the victory points and points scored with nine. And uh, what a precipitous drop from Josh. He's only at 13 victory points like like Bort alluded to earlier. Well, he's still been scoring points, but just hasn't been winning his matchups. And I, I think... I... I think we all, I mean, at least me and you kind of predicted this kind of look from Josh. I think that he would maybe be that last spot to not making the playoffs this year after taking second last year. And it was mainly because of Deshaun Watson. Like, he has obviously missed Deshaun Watson this year. I mean, for sure. just thinking about the Kyler Murray. And, and Kyler Murray has been hurt for two weeks now. So yep. he has definitely missed... Um, Deshaun Watson and yeah he had that big performance from Mike White but man starting four and up, four and one and then losing five straight is tough yeah and and especially when Josh was in the championship against Mark last year so he was a game away from being from being the team to beat this year right. and to see him start out so hot I'm, I mean I'm, I was like okay Josh is Josh is back losing Deshaun wasn't a huge deal Kyler was balling out um, Derek Carr was off to a great start and he's kind of come back to where we assumed he would be kind of middle of the road, uh, quarterback play. Um, the stack with Waller has been, has been good, not fantastic. Uh, Waller is a great piece to own, uh, in and of himself. But when you like, I don't know, I, I have, unless it's a top, top tier stack, I'm like, Oh, what's kind of, what's the point there? You're, you're really, um, putting too many eggs in a basket, I think. Um, but Josh started out great, and now he's still in the playoffs. Has a shot, obviously. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't stack him up uh, too favorably against any of the players that are also slated to make the playoffs: the Jonathan, Mark, Sam, Chris, and Jeremy's of the world. Um, so I think there's even a tier break between kind of those top four, top five teams. And then teams like Josh, teams like Eli, teams like myself. I think there's a little bit of a. Uh, of a talent gap um, up and down the up and down the starting lineup with those teams, you know. Um, so those are just some some notes that I that I have. Uh, and I think overall, rather, and that's those are that's really good because that's kind of like what I was thinking too. And there's been, you know, like Josh is is still in the playoffs, and I think like I kind of think about like people that have players on the IR and injured players and players that aren't playing. So like if Deshaun is back next year and Josh is still making the playoffs, like he's still got a good team. Like he's not a, he doesn't have a bad team. That's not why. No. Um, and like people like <clears throat> you, you've got a good team too, but like the chiefs have struggled this year, which is out of the ordinary, but teams are going to struggle. They yeah. can't be, I mean, I don't know how many Patriots teams there are going to be where they just consistently play well. Um, but then, you know, I look at my team, and that's why I've been, you know, I've been trying to win, even though I own my own pick, because I know that I have my players coming back next year, J.K. Dobbins, Michael Thomas, Irv Smith Jr., um, among, I think there's like another player as well. But <clears throat> I'm just like, I'm right here on the cusp. And it's like, if I can get those guys back. And I was thinking about like, the J.K. Dobbins. I'm like, ah, do I just ship him because is, is Baltimore going to be a running back by committee? They have shown in Baltimore that they miss having that dominant running back. They have not found it, and they have struggled without it. So 
I'm really looking forward to to next year, knowing what my team can be. I'm officially team potential. <laughs> Change your name, uh, and we'll uh, we'll hop on board with the <laughs> with the team potential. I mean, that's just the that's the cycle of fantasy football. Right. If you're not a contender, you're looking forward to next yep. year, right? I mean, that, that's that's about yeah. it. Uh, but it's it's fun to. I mean, I was there last year too. I was like, oh, maybe I could make the playoffs. Like. I didn't have a ton of young pieces, um, and then I quickly realized, yeah, no, not not going to happen. Um, and I was team potential going into this year, and I saw the jump. Right, I was. I'm now. I think I wouldn't say firmly, but I have enough weeks left, and few like I only have to make up what 38 or 45 points to Josh, oh, yeah. and I'm only three victory points behind Kamish. So there are a couple avenues for me to make the playoffs, but. Um, but that's definitely that's definitely a a welcome a welcome change from my team last year. Uh, let's go into kind of reviewing our fire and poop picks, um, or fire and ice picks rather from last week. My fire pick, Jared Goff, had five point seven points in a overtime tie to the to the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> so it was it was a it was a long shot for Goff to have a have a nice day, and he uh, did not disappoint in scoring five and a half points. Uh, my ice pick, rather, Christian McCaffrey, should have been my fire pick. Should have swapped those two. He had twenty-one point <laughs> one in in his return. In his return, alongside Cam Newton in Carolina, they beat up on the Cardinals pretty bad last week. And uh, yeah, so I'd say I was zero for two this week on fire and ice picks. All right, so I don't want to claim zero and two because I couldn't control this when I made my pick. Uh, my fire pick was Nick Chubb. He was a late COVID scratch, so he ended up not playing. So obviously he had zero points, but I'll take it on the chin. My uh, my ice pick was Carson Wentz, a great pick against Jacksonville. Didn't even score nine points. He had 8.9 points, so just under. Um, so I would call that a win. Honestly, pretty good week. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think Nick Chubb would have played well. Uh, maybe not, though. They got absolutely walloped by the Patriots. Probably in part to not having Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. That's or Demetric Felton. Did they have Dearness Johnson? I can't remember. Yep, we'll we'll get to Dearness' performance in a yeah. little bit here when we review Week Ten matchups. <laughs> so I'd say yeah, I'd say you are one for two. Um, week Ten review, uh, Brent. You want me to talk about your matchup with Josh here? So you edged out Josh by less than three points, or just over three points, 87.8 to 84. Jalen Hurts was your was your top score with 19.4. Not a great day for your team overall, but again, like you said, you've been three straight weeks under 100 points, but you also have four straight victories. So uh, gotten gotten fairly, uh, fairly fortunate with your matchups, I think. Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, had a big touchdown either last week or two weeks ago, uh, only put up two and a half points, 2.6 to be exact, but that was, again, in their blowout loss to the Patriots uh, last week. Josh had a great had a had a pretty nice night from Derek Carr on Sunday night. Um, a lot of it was quote garbage time. Uh, he had twenty point eight points, and then Zeke right behind him with nineteen point three. I know Zeke didn't even have like sixty or seventy yards, but I think he had two touchdowns on the ground, uh, so that'll make up for it. Meanwhile, Mike White four and a half, not great. DK five point six in the shutout the loss at Green Bay. I think DK misses uh, misses Geno Smith. <laughs> I know. I'm, I, I'm just. I'm really that. surprised that. I mean, 
do you think Ross's finger played anything into that the other night? For, for sure. Not only that, but having not, like, okay, we all saw like the conditioning videos where he was, where he was like on the field, like going through the mental reps and all that. I think that's hogwash. Like that doesn't make that doesn't prepare you to go in and play an NFL game. Like that's just for show. Yeah. I I mean I don't know. Like Russ is a showman. Like he's. He loves being he loves being the guy. He loves uh having having folks talk about yeah. him. Like I think that's he's not gonna go out there and say it, but I think we saw it last year with the rumors of him not being happy in Seattle and things like that. Like Russ isn't isn't a guy who wants to keep things low key. Like he will because he's a professional, but if he were to have it his way, he'd be the he'd be the center of attention. I just kind of get that from him. Um, and I think we've seen that since he came into the league and set it on fire in 2012. And when the, when the Seahawks won it, his second year, third year in the league in 2013, since then Russ has kind of, Russ has kind of wanted to bend the dude. And he has been like his talent has shown it, but, uh, I definitely think the finger and having what four or five weeks of not even hardly throwing a football. Yeah. I think that definitely played into it. I'm kind of surprised that, yes, I get that it's his week back. He's your star quarterback, right? But at the same token, like you're getting absolutely blown out, and Gino hasn't played horrible. I couldn't tell you how many games they won with him or lost with him. But don't, don't you don't you think about maybe taking him out at that point? You know, maybe thinking his finger is not quite there, taking him out, throwing Gino in, and seeing what he can do. But that's just my opinion, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's an argument to be had for that for sure. Um, but again, they were, they're on the outside looking in, in the playoffs, they weren't great with Russ. And then when he got hurt, they didn't make up for it and go on a winning streak. So they're what I think they're three and six. And so they needed, Hey, if we truly believe Russ is our best shot to win on any given week, we need to get him in there. And, uh, it didn't work out for him this week. That's true. Um, so that's the, that's the review of you and, uh, you and Josh. Um, next is Chris and Matt Bort. What do you, uh, what did you notice? Yeah, uh, Chris continued his, obviously we already mentioned it, continued his, his, what was it, six-game winning streak, seven-game winning streak, something like that. And, you know, he went up against Matt, who at one point I think Matt was favored to win. Um, but I think that was before the Rams game. <clears throat> and Chris's bench, actually, if we actually, like, pulled it up, Chris's bench went off while his starters did not play well. Uh, he still ended up pulling out the win, uh, 118.2 to 105.7. Uh, Cooper Cup continued his dominance, 24.2 points. DeAndre Swift had 16 points, 33 carries for 130 yards. Looked really good for that Steelers. I was, I was actually going to say, if there's anything that we could pull from that Steelers-Lions game, it's that we have two young studs in the NFL. DeAndre Swift and Najee Harris. Both of them yep. looked so good. I'm so excited for the for the young running backs in this league because they can be such a dime a dozen that when you when you get one like that, it's it's awesome to see. Um he did have <laughs> Hawkinson, unfortunately, uh because uh because it was raining, I believe, as well. So I think uh, Swift, you know, got 33 carries in that game. Hawkinson didn't get very many targets, obviously did not have a single catch, had zero points. Um, Matt had a 
monster performance from Kelsey, had t- almost 25 points. Um, Mark Ingram caught a touchdown, I believe, had a great game yep. without Kamara, uh, looked really good back in that uh, black and gold, even though we hate the Saints. It was cool to see Mark Ingram back in New Orleans. Uh, he had 18.8 points, uh, but he did have some uh, bad performances from A.J. Green, who only had 1.4 points, struggled with the backup quarterback, and Hot Beef went for 7.2. I think did he, <laughs> and he got leave, hurt. <laughs> yeah, he left the game in like the second quarter or something like that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that was kind of unfortunate for his team, but uh yeah chris pulled it out i didn't really think that matt was going to win i got a little i was like oh crap for chris's team i got a little nervous i was like oh my gosh matt's gonna do it again you know what i mean knock off one of the top teams um but chris's team ended up pulling it off um but with that we had i think it was i think it was sunday it was sunday night matt was up by (laughs) 11.2 and it was like okay like yeah the chance of matt winning is low but like he's ahead right now yeah um, and then Cooper Cup drops 24. So it's like, eh, yeah, it wasn't. It, it felt close going into Sunday night, and by the end of it, it wasn't. Um, that brings us to the Dan Bowl. Texas Dan, 86.7 versus, like we said, Wisconsin Dan, 48.9. Um, yeah. Mark Andrews for Texas Dan had 21, and Mac Jones had 21.9. Um, so great 20, uh, 20 point performances. Them alone would have almost beat. Texas Dan or Wisconsin Dan. Um, <laughs> some bad performances from, from Texas Dan. Uh, Cordero Patterson only had 4.4 and they got throttled by the Cowboys. The Falcons did like 44 to 10 or 44 to three or something like absolutely like no shot. And Trayvon Diggs like, got they, another interception. He did. Uh, which Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. It's, I wouldn't even say he's, a, he's not a good cornerback. Like the, like the analytics say he's not good, he, but it's fun he's to a watch him bust. get an interception every other week. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and then Carson Wentz, uh, like you said, only had 8.9 points against Jacksonville. Indian Indianapolis did win. Uh, but Carson Wentz didn't look, didn't look all, all that. Um, and then moving to Wisconsin, Dan's roster. Yeah, that's, uh, that that's about all I got for, for <laughs> roster. Um, Teddy Bridgewater and James Connor were the only ones who scored in double digits, uh, and they were in the low double digits. I think Connor had thirteen, and Teddy had about thirteen or fourteen or so. Not a great day. Locker room didn't uh, didn't didn't pull through uh, for me this week or for Dan this week. Yeah, uh locker room didn't pull through for them locker room also didn't pull through for ben either this week um he's Mm-mm. he's been talking to his guys telling them hey we don't want to be sitting at waffle house eating these waffles like is it going to be antonio gibson sitting with him or is it going to be aj brown sitting with him helping me eating these waffles but he got absolutely it's gonna be tough he absolutely got pounded by sam this week um Sam won 134 to 79. Um, Sam, Debo, Debo, speaking of Sam, Debo Samuel has been, he's been on fire this year. He, it's, you get him the ball and just let him do his thing. He like backfield, hand it off, throw it to him, deep ball, crossing route, like just get him the ball and he will do the rest. And he had 30 points. Well, um, 
Hunter Henry had 21 points. Oh my gosh. Uh, it reminds me this morning I was, I was on Facebook and somebody had a post that it was like, uh, before it was, uh, Eric Bledsoe and some tight end. Then it was Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. And now it's Mac Jones and Hunter Henry. I'm like, (laughs) pause. Let's not compare Mac Jones and Hunter Henry to Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski just yet. Like, my God, people. (laughs) But Hunter Henry did have a big week. He had 21 points. Um, Yeah, they ran up the score, too. It was like 40-something to 7 or something like that. Um, But then he did have a bad performance from Sutton and Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford has come cold. Um, He was hot. Yeah, Rams were hot. And he has thrown multiple interceptions over the last few weeks he only had 12 12.25 points um ben did have uh uh, he had a couple uh, one good player antonio gibson uh mason rudolph i don't know if you can even consider it he had 16.7 points um but then aj brown has been like either he scores a ton or he scores almost none and this week he only had 3.3 points. Uh, Trevor Lawrence only had 10.4 points. Has not looked like what the Jacksonville Jaguars drafted him for, unfortunately. Um, but I, I don't know. I want to say he doesn't have many weapons, but like his receivers aren't aren't bad. Like I, DJ Shark did get hurt, so he's out. Um, but. I don't know. I think it has to make, does it have to do with that offensive line? Because I don't think Trevor Lawrence himself has looked terrible. Like he can get out of the pocket and he can throw the ball. It's just a matter of, I don't know if it's the scheme or the blocking or what it is, but he's just not looking great. I'll be honest with you. I've watched absolutely zero Jacksonville Jaguars football. So I have no idea. Yeah. I uh, I would I would argue I would argue that it's probably equal parts Lawrence not trusting guys like not like it's okay I'm just imagining if I'm if I'm a rookie quarterback coming into one of the most dysfunctional um organizations in all of in all of professional football um with a rookie head coach as well like the like the the cards are stacked, like the deck stacked against right. you. Like it's not, you can only assume responsibility as a quarterback, as a rookie quarterback who started since week one. You can only assume so much responsibility, but there is some, there is, some, there is a burden to bear. Um, so I, I, I obviously tamper expectations for, for Lawrence, not only for, for, for the rest of this year, but probably even going into next year. I don't know if they're going to retain Urban Meyer. I don't think they should, but again, okay, then let's say he's got a new head coach, a new OC for next year, and they stick with about the same amount of weapons. I don't know what their draft capital is looking like, how many, how many if they have multiple firsts, if they have multiple second-day picks, I'm not sure. The Kirk Cousins so, effect. And what is that? Talented. Kirk Cousins is talented. I think Trevor Lawrence probably has more talent. Um, Yeah, because Kirk was, what, a third-round pick? Yeah, but Kirk, I mean, okay. 
I'm not comparing. I don't want to like say Trevor Lawrence is Kirk Cousins, but I'm saying more along the lines of like, <laughs> there's the talent, but then you your head coach changes, your offensive coordinator changes. Like you have all these offensive changes that can really yeah. like. Yes, a quarterback should be able to. You know, like I saw someone trying to compare Kirk Cousins to Aaron Rodgers because Kirk Cousins has had better stats over the last two years. The difference. The Stop diffi- it. Yeah, that's what I Stop said. Stop it. And the difference is, is like, <laughs> and we've had the discussions. I think Chris has brought it up about how Kirk is just like a robot where he will literally do exactly what you tell him. He will not improvise. He will not nope. change. He will do exactly what he nope. is told and he will, he will do it fairly well. But when it's a, when it's a bad play call, when it's not aggressive, he won't change it. He'll be passive just like the coach tells him to be. And, like, that's where there's a downfall. Yeah. Like, that's where Aaron Rodgers will be like, you know what? I'm changing this call. I'm going to do what I want here. That's that's the difference. Um, and I think Except for in the NFC Championship when they kicked a field goal on fourth and three instead of going but, for it. And that's and that's what I'm saying, too. Like, you see, you see the Ravens, and, like, Harbaugh looks to Lamar, and he's like, what are we doing? And he's like, we're going <laughs> yeah. for it. And he's like, all right, let's go for it. You know what I mean? There's, there's not that in the Vikings, and that's where I think – um, that's where I think that I think, um, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a little bit better. I feel like he was able to at Clemson, like kind of do his, his own thing with, with, uh, Dabo. Um, but he just needs that trust between some type of coach. Yeah. Well, and he's never had a, he's never had a, a team like this. He's known, he's known winning his whole life. Right. Right, like he had what two career losses all through high school and college combined, and they were like, all like in either to go to the championship or in the championship. So it's it's okay, Trevor. How old are you? Twenty, twenty one. Like, all right, he's he's a he's a kid. Yeah, like let's he's younger than us. Let's give him the let's yeah, let's give him the benefit of the doubt and realize that even as the number one overall pick and like whatever else is happening on the inside of the organization, like. You're going to be fine, and I'm sure that's what like people and people that maybe aren't in the organization, but I'm sure they're telling him, "Dude, you're going to be fine." Like, well, that's the- take everything as a learning experience and and try to be a percentage point better the next day, oh, right? Like that's that's the mindset you probably have to. And take. their defense has been playing really well. Like I think that's that's one thing been. is like their defense has been gelling. Now they just need to get that offense figured out. Yep. So. So all in all, Trevor Lawrence didn't look great. Future's still bright as ever for Trevor Lawrence and and uh, and company there. So uh, not to worry, Ben. Um, I will I will come visit you at Waffle House. Don't know how long I'll sit there with you, but I will visit. Um, Mark and Canute didn't really have a battle either. Mark one eleven uh, to Canute's fifty one point nine. Canute almost rivaled uh, Wisconsin Dan for lowest score of the week. Um, for Mark, Christian McCaffrey had a great welcome back party, 21.1 points, and James Robinson followed suit coming off a, a pretty nasty-looking heel injury, uh, 16.4 for Robinson. Jared Cook and Adrian Peterson were both in Mark's starting lineup. Uh, not sure why, and they both scored 2.5 points, which I'm not surprised by. Um, Canute had a pretty big performance from Jacoby Myers, almost 15, 14.9 points from Jacoby. Uh, caught a touchdown there in, in New England in their route versus Cleveland. And then, like, I don't know, Higby, Tyler Higby, I think is his first yep. name, tight end for the Rams, had 12 and a half and a touchdown. So it's like not even great days from from Canute's top scores, considering he only had 51 points. 
Uh, but he had two zero burgers from Marcus Mariota, who's the backup for Las Vegas, and KJ Osborne, who only had one target for the Vikings. I don't know how he got away now, with starting Mariota. Well, okay. He doesn't have any other quarterback, like legitimately. Oh, James he was in the quarterback hurt, slot. I think he was his okay. only other quarterback. Yeah. Mariota was in his quarterback slot, and that's the only person he could have played there because I think he played some position player in his super flex. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, then we did have we did have a pretty good matchup, and uh, Eli's team played really well, uh, but Jeremy was able to pull out the victory, 149 to 139.8, so just shy of 10 points. Um, Jeremy had some big performances from Justin Jefferson, who we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, uh, had pretty much 24 points. Uh, Josh Allen had 25 and a half and Dearness Johnson had 18.2. Um, so that's just going to show that that Cleveland offense is built to pound the rock and they'll do it with Mm -hmm. anybody who's starting. (laughs) Um, yeah, it doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. And so, I mean, Going into, like, bad performances, did he really have anyone with a bad performance? I mean, uh, Jerry Judy had 10.1. I think I think you could consider, consider Herbert's 14 points a bad performance because it's coming from the yeah. quarterback position. Um, yeah. But that's, that's... When you're expecting 20 points... 20 points plus. Every yeah. week. Like, that's what you expect. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, Eli's team... They came out to play Devontae Smith. I think he had like two touchdowns uh, Dig- mm-hmm. and 22 points total. Diggs had 31 points. Uh, not sure on the exact stats, but finally is like coming out of his shell. Like, I don't know what, what he was on the first part of the part of the year, but he's finally starting to score. Um, <clears throat> Jared Goff. Diggs had, Diggs had, Diggs had eight receptions. 162 yards and a touchdown. 162 yards. Wow. That's that's really mm-hmm. good. Um, but then he had Jared Goff in one of his quarterback, either Superflex or quarterback position. Only had didn't even have six points. Um Kiseki had seven targets, but zero points. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> that's really bad. Yeah, I don't know how you do that. Unless it was, you know, like some targets are like overthrows or low throws or whatever, but still, that's that's insane. You don't love to see that no. uh, from your starting tight end. The target number is fine. Like seven targets, great. I'm okay with seven targets, but zero receptions. That's not. <laughs> that's far from far from ideal. If I'm Eli, and then Brent, you want to walk us through the uh, the final matchup. Uh, of the week last week. You bet. <laughs> Final matchup we have is Pete versus Jonathan. Uh, going into, was it Sunday night? Yeah. Going into Sunday night, Kamish uh, had a 70-point lead. And the only two players that were left to play, well, was it only two or was it three? No, so it was going in. So after the noon, after the slate of noon games, Kamish was slated like 158 to my like 93 or something like that. So it was like a 70 point like projected victory for Kamish. Yeah. And he didn't have great performances from the likes of Russell Wilson, um, who we talked about a little bit oh, earlier. Oh, yeah. So his he afternoon have, guys he didn't struggled. Have, he didn't have great performances from Dawson Knox, um, a guy named Antoine Wesley, 
had zero points uh, for Arizona. Um, but yeah, c- continue on. Yeah, so he was projected to win by 70 points like after the noon slots. Uh, I think you had some pretty decent afternoon guys that stepped up a little bit for you. Um, but yeah, going Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson had a touchdown. Corey Davis had 90 some yards. Yeah. Um, it's like fine performances. Nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah. So, um, going into Sunday night, you needed, I think you needed like 60 some points or something like that. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, uh, went off for 41.3. Tyreek Hill had 26 and a half. Um, and you ended up winning 121.65 to 121.05. Um, that was that was really fun to watch. I just kept like, I had the game <laughs> on and I had Sleeper pulled up at the same time. And I'm like, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? And uh, he, Mahomes had a day. Uh, but he had a so day. So your big performances <laughs> yeah. were Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, but your bad performances were pretty much everyone else. Yeah. Um, Jonathan had some. <laughs> yeah, a- Jonathan had some really big performances from Dak, who had almost thirty points, and CD, who almost had thirty points as well. Uh, but like you said, Russ had seven point two, and Wesley had zero. So, um, could have used. Even just any of those guys, even just a single <laughs> touchdown from Russ would have sealed it. Oh yeah, and it wouldn't really have been because like the re I won by I won, but it was like in the fourth quarter, Chiefs were already guaranteed to win, and it was like a thirty-five yard touchdown to like Byron Pringle or somebody yes, like that. Broken coverage that they gave threw me a 35 yard that thirty-five or, or thirty-five or forty-yard touchdown, and it was like okay, two points for the yards, and then another four points for um because i was hoping i was like okay i was down by like six or six and a half in that like final drive for the chiefs or second to last drive for the chiefs um including the the one where they knelt down um and i was like okay like i'm still like i'm excited because if we get tyreek a couple catches and maybe tyreek gets a third touchdown or mahomes then throws a touchdown something like that and uh it just so happened that um that yeah it, it, the yardage and and, t- and points from the touchdown just worked out perfectly enough, but I was still nervous because I was like, "Oh, like what if they bring Mahomes out to kneel the ball down and he gets those ne- the quote negative rushing yards?" Oh yeah, like that would that would ding that would ding me back like a couple tenths of a point or whatever. And I was I was nervous, but they didn't bring him out for that final one. But for us, it was a battle of the stacks. It was Mahomes and Tyreek versus Dak and CD. Um, and like I thought, Dak had a day. He had twenty nine points or whatever it was, twenty nine point three. Um, and CD had 28. Like you said, they were they were right there. They scored all. They scored over 50 points. Uh, but uh, not to be outdone, Mahomes goes for 400 yards, five touchdowns, no turnovers. Tyreek has 86 yards and two touchdowns. Can you? Uh, and I. This is a petition. This is a petition for you to change your team name to the Pat Stack Attack. <laughs> Pat Stack the Attack. Pat Stack Attack. Better. I, I better than the Dak Stack Attack. I, I I could think about it. <laughs> I could think about oh, it. Yeah. So that's our that was our final matchup. That was probably the most mm-hmm. fun matchup to watch. Um, so let's move into our week eleven preview. Yeah, Bort, you and I play each other. Let's just get this out of the way. Um, 
Sleeper has me projected to win uh, 146 to 124. Um, I am hypothetically going to be going to be able to field almost a, a full lineup um, from the kind of week one lineup that I was hoping for. Uh, Kamara had a knee injury missed last week. Um, he's questionable to return. Um, Saquon Barkley, high ankle sprain, was out for over a month. He's, quote, questionable to play Monday night against Tampa Bay. Uh, they're projecting both of those players to play. Um, as well, you get Burrow and Chase back from bye, uh, which is super, super helpful. Jalen Hurts also there uh, playing against New Orleans. I don't know how that matchup's going to play, but uh, for us, I think it's it's quarterbacks are are the the lifeblood of our team. You obviously have Chase, who's an absolute stud. Tony's coming back. Um, I think I do eke it out just because Dallas doesn't have a great defense, despite what they showed against Atlanta. Um, and that's who the that's who the Chiefs play on Sunday afternoon. They're home against Dallas. Um, I'm envisioning a high-scoring game there as well. Uh, so if Mahomes and Tyreek can can put together another another solid performance, I'm not asking for 41 and 26 from both of them. But um, but if they could if they could have a decent day, limit the turnovers, I think I feel pretty okay in this matchup. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think I really want to win, honestly. I great. I mean, I think it would be cool. Like, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, that's the beauty for you is that I don't. I don't need to win. Um, no. I think that Eli has a pretty good chance of winning, um, and as far as I'm concerned, if Eli wants to jump me in the victory points and give me a better pick. Go right ahead. I don't have a shot at the playoffs, right. especially because I'm so far behind in points and victory points. Um, yeah, Eli, go ahead. Go ahead and beat Kamish. Go ahead and jump me. Um, I'll take that sixth overall pick again this year. That worked out for me this year. <laughs> it, it, it worked out. It worked out just fine for you. Uh, landed Chase with that 1.06 yeah. uh, or 1.6 pick um last year in the rookie draft yeah that that worked great for you well and that's that's Eli's game plan right is he has no he has no first round second round or I even think third round picks in the next upcoming drafts plural let alone 2022 so Eli like myself we are absolutely uh balls to the walls trying to trying to put together a contending a contending roster to compete with the likes of Chris and Jeremy and Jonathan and Mark um and Sam as well so uh, yeah, as far as as far as you're concerned, you're like, hey, I'm okay losing this matchup. Um, uh, I'm really just uh, like you said, um, team potential going into next year. Um, we'll get Matt and and Wisconsin Dan uh, slated up here. Um, both of their starting quarterbacks, as they currently stand, uh, projected for zero points. Hot beef, most likely not going to play. Tua was healthy enough to not, or was hurt enough to not start, but healthy enough to play, which was weird. Um, and Teddy Bridgewater's on a bye, so it'll be a battle of who knows who who knows what at the at the quarterback position. Matt though has the talent; he's got Dalvin, he's got uh, Travis Kelsey, he's got Lockett. I'd take all three of those players over any any players on on Texas or Wisconsin Dan's roster. He also um, has Matt fields. slated to win one. He also has Fields. That's that's right. So so Fields will be back. He was on a bye last week. They go up against Baltimore, which is yikes. Um, for all, uh, for all Chicago bear players, probably minus Darnell Mooney, um, or David Montgomery. 
but I still think, I st- even with that said, especially knowing that Fields will be um, be in Matt's lineup again, um, Matt takes this one pretty easily. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I mean, we saw what Dan did last week with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, <laughs> so I just, I mean, I, he doesn't want to win either. He wants to hold his spot. He wants that higher pick. He's Absolutely. He's, he's in that rebuild mode, so... Yeah, um, I think Matt also um, doesn't really care to win, but with him winning, even if he did get three victory points, he's still behind both Dan's. So he's still going to yep. hold that third pick, um, at least after this week. Although it would behoove Matt to to lose. I mean, Canute's not going to win. Canute doesn't have any quarterbacks, but... Um, they're both tied with five victory points. So if Matt does win, he basically kind of eliminates his shot at top two and settles for, for one, 1.3 in the rookie draft next year. Yeah. But the thing is, is so something Matt, to keep Matt's an eye already on. up by 130 total points scored. I don't think Knut's going to make that up anyways. Um, is that the tiebreaker? It's po- total points scored. So is tiebreaker. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I pretty much think Canute, barring some really weird stuff, has that number two pick locked up. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, we can move on to the next matchup. Who do you got next? Uh, the next matchup we have is Chris versus Sam, and I think I think we'll both agree that this is the matchup of the week. Um, Chris and Sam. I would agree. Chris, yep. Chris is number two uh, in the playoffs, and Sam is number three in the playoffs. Chris has been on a seven-game win streak. Um, Sam, I think, uh, lost a couple weeks ago to Eli's team. Uh, but I think he – did he pull off the win this last week? I can't remember. Yeah, he um, did. Yeah. Yep, he beat Ben by like 50. <laughs> yeah, he he beat up on Ben. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's looking to, you know, keep that rolling this week um, and go up against Chris. Um, Chris's team is hot. Like, it. it I mean – and he didn't even have great performances. Like I don't even know if the last two weeks have been great performances from the likes of like Marquise Brown or Lamar Jackson. I know Lamar Jackson had a great week a couple weeks ago. Um, he had 34 against the Vikings, but weeks prior was like he had 13 against the Chargers. Um, so it's not like Lamar has even like Lamar's obviously phenomenal. He's taught he's number five quarterback overall right now. That's not a surprise to anyone, but when you have like stumbling performances from Hawkinson last week, didn't even have any points. Marquise Brown has been, has been hit or miss more hit than miss this season. But when you have guys like that, um, but you've still got a seven game win streak, I think it just, it, it goes to show how consistent um, like, and how not even consistent, but how, many playmakers Chris has on his roster. So whether it's DeAndre Swift having 133 yards with even without scoring or Jalen Waddle having 10 receptions like he had a couple weeks ago or Amari Cooper having a touchdown or two in the high-flying offense in Dallas, not to mention Terry McLaurin or Kirk Cousins. I mean, it's Chris's lineup up and down the up and down is is a, a scary sight to behold for contenders for sure. Yeah. Um I, you know, originally I was going to say Sam um but, you know, Chris is on that win streak. Um, I don't necessarily like the Baltimore matchup versus Chicago. I think Chicago's defense can be stifling every so often. Um, For sure. I don't like A.J. Brown against New York. 
Um, but the other matchups, you a- know, like AJ Brown and er, Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. Sorry. Um, but I also hate the Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams stack against Minnesota. I don't think that they're going to do what a lot of people think that they're going to do. Um, I don't think it's going to be a very high scoring game. So I don't think that Rodgers is going to do. Rodgers may put up 23 points, but I don't think Adams is going to put up close to 21. Yeah, I, I, uh, and I think the matchup comes down to you could you could make an argument one way or the other for whichever quarterback, whether it's Rodgers or, or Lamar. Uh, you can make the argument, okay, is it is Hawkinson going to have a day or is Hunter Hunter Henry going to have a day? But I think fairly, fairly, it's fairly certain that when you look at the last flex spot for each for each team and the super flex spot for each team, it easily goes in favor of uh, of Chris. Terry McLaurin or Miles Gaskin? Who do you like? Terry McLaurin, and I like Kirk Cousins over Trevor Simeon as well. So, so that to me is the difference. I'm going to take Chris in this matchup. Yep, same. Uh, next one I have is going to be Canute versus Texas Dan. Um, two teams that really don't have a vested interest in winning, especially Canute, uh, looking to keep pick number two overall, uh, and I project that will happen again this week, um, considering he doesn't have a starting quarterback. Uh, he'll be going with Marcus Mariota again in his quarterback spot versus Mac Jones tonight uh, versus Atlanta. So um, Daryl Henderson has a bye. OBJ has a bye. Both of those players are now on the Rams. Um, OBJ wasn't a difference maker last week anyway. I don't foresee him being a huge difference maker moving forward this year and especially into next year. Who knows what team he's going to be on. Um, But for this matchup, I'm going to take Texas Dan. Uh, having Mac Jones and Carson Wentz two starting quarterbacks in your quarterback and super flex spot is enough for me to say uh, say that uh, Texas Dan takes this one. Yeah, I think Dan. I also think Dan takes this one. Um, it's oddly close in sleeper. Like it's only a it's only a fifteen point difference in sleeper, and but I'm, I'm quite shocked by that. Only because Daryl Henderson's on a bye. He's in the starting lineup. OBJ's on a bye, also in the starting lineup. So. You know, you oh, flip right. those people out. You put uh, Kenny Galladay and Jamal Williams. Yeah, probably well, someone. You know, you put one of those other guys in there. I'm really hoping that um, Mac Jones just goes bananas tonight. He will, because Atlanta has a terrible defense. But I'm also hoping that Mark Andrews does really well tonight as well. I just want him to. I want him to win, but I also want him to be top three um, because I also want to – or top, top seven. seven. Why do we keep saying top three? I don't – I want him to – That'd be bad for both of us if it was top I know. Three. We want him to win. I want him to win and be top seven. I want my team to stink and lose and be bottom seven because then that would put uh, him at 14 and me at 15. Puts me just a little yeah. bit closer to – improving my pick five um (laughs) but yeah i think i think he wins i think you know he's gonna at least get two victory points here yeah i agree um jeremy and ben the thing i'm noticing is i don't know if this has been a regular occurrence for ben's team prior to actual nfl games but he's projected to have over 100 points yeah i think he's had that a couple times because like tua has he tua is always projected to be up there aj brown's always projected to be up there even they Gibson, even keep they IU, even keep projecting like Jarvis to score and he's not. I don't know why they keep those projections. I know, that's, like he's been stinking. to me. But 
yeah, Jeremy should run away with this one. This has been a, a thing yep. for for his team. You know, he's hopefully he's getting Monty back this week because apparently he's in his starting lineup. Um, but his team has pretty favorable matchups this week. Yep, and even if they didn't, I mean, I'm not going to bet against Justin Jefferson. I'm not going to bet against George Kittle. He's had two touchdowns yeah. in, his, in his last two weeks. I'm not going to bet against uh, – Justin Herbert too much. I'm not going to bet against Michael Pittman, Deontay Johnson, guys like that. Um, Jeremy's projected to be the highest scorer again this week with 159. Uh, I think he probably gets close to that, if not over, depending on if a guy on his lineup, a guy or two on in his lineup pops off for a couple tutties. Uh, could see Jeremy hitting the 160, 170 point range again this week. Yeah. Um, Jeremy pretty pretty easily with three victory points. Yeah. And so then cool. going into the next matchup, I think – if this matchup was towards the beginning of the year, I think this matchup would be considered, could be a contender for matchup of the week. Um, it's Mark versus Josh. Um, Revenge game. Right now, Josh is projected to win by .03 in sleeper. So wow. <laughs> it's really close. Um, that would be amazing to see. That would be really, really fun to watch. Um, just kind of looking at the, at going down here, I don't, you know, I think that Darren Waller is going to outscore Cook. Um, but then, like, yep. as you scroll, like, some of these flex positions for both of them, like Jared Cook, and then they got Tony Pollard and Deontay Foreman going against each other, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, yeah. Ricky Seals-Jones, Seals Jones. Jamison Crowner, Dan Arnold. It's, oof. This, this, this was the championship matchup last year. Um, yeah, well, and and Josh Josh lost Julio. Uh, Julio um, is on the IR. Was put on the IR last week, I believe. Yeah. So he's out for at least two more weeks, if not three. Um, so Julio would be a mainstay in Josh's lineup. I know he traded for him last year at the deadline. Um, Aaron Jones is is not going to play, or is quote doubtful to play against Minnesota. All signs are pointing to it being the AJ Dillon show. Um, for Green Bay this week, so he loses Aaron Jones and is, like you said, having to put in the likes of Deonta Foreman, um, but it, or Donta Foreman rather, and and Marcus Valdez. It also looks like uh, Mark's team is missing Nuke, so Nuke will be back. Correct. So replace like Tony Pollard with a Nuke or someone else along those lines. But um, I think Mark wins this matchup. Josh's team has not been performing, yep. uh, but it okay. So. Josh's team does have Kyler in there. Kyler goes up against Seattle, who dropped a dud against the Packers. So we'll see what Kyler can do. Their defense, their defense, their defense played fine. They, they only let up 17 points. Like it wasn't a 30 to zero loss. It was 17. And granted, it was Rogers' first week back from the COVID list. Speculation is that he's still battling with it. Like yep. still not physically uh, up to par, which I would absolutely believe. I think we heard. I, I was listening to K Fan this uh, a couple days ago. Um, and Courtney Cronin, uh, ESPN reporter, was saying that Cam Dantzler, when he was on the COVID list, lost 17 pounds, and he didn't have 17 pounds to lose. That's what she was saying. So absolutely would believe that uh, a non-vaccinated Aaron Rodgers would uh, would be physically um, struggling with some COVID symptoms. Could definitely see that linger into this week. Um, but, yeah, again, with, with Kyler hopefully coming back i want to see kyler on the field i think arizona is a really fun team obviously when he is on the field they're one of the best teams in the nfc if not nfl um so he's 
Sunday afternoon matchup at Seattle. Um, Seattle is going to be desperate, and I think Arizona, after losing pretty badly to Carolina, is going to want to make a statement. Last matchup of the week, we got Jonathan versus Eli. Who do you got? Well, for, I'm going to take Mark as well uh, with you. I'm going to take Mark um, due to the fact oh. that Brady and Godwin are both on Monday night um, and Josh doesn't have anyone going up on Monday night. So it'll be interesting to see how behind Mark is uh, on Sunday going into Monday, um, knowing that the Giants, like you said, have a sneaky, de- sneaky good defense. They're coming off of a bye week. They're going to have prepared for the champs. Um, we'll see what the defense can do, but I like, I like Mark because Brady and Godwin are on Monday night. As far as what are we doing, Eli and, J- and Jonathan now? Is that Eli and Jonathan, yep. <clears throat> um, I'm going to go Jonathan just because just because of quarterback play. Um, I don't love Daniel Jones versus Tampa Bay after having losing, what, two straight, I think, Tampa Bay. Um, they're going to come, and they're going to show that they are not to be trifled with. Um, and having Jared Goff against Cleveland, Cleveland got beat bad. I think their defense is going to have something to prove. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the... Uh, the non-obvious, um, well, sleepers projecting Eli to win, uh, but that is with Jonathan having a player who's on by currently in his lineup. Um, and Joe Mixon on his bench. And Joe Mixon on his bench. I'm going to take Jonathan in this one. Yeah, you throw you throw Joe Mixon in there. That puts him up to 144, which actually gives him the projected win over Eli. And you also take out Wesley, and I think you put in, you know... Does he have some people injured? Because this is bad. Eli? Yeah, no, oh, Kamish. I mean, throw in Evan Ingram over Wesley, for crying out loud. Yeah, I don't know why. I I don't foresee Wesley staying in his starting lineup. Yeah. I'd I would rather I'd rather start. Yeah. But anyways, uh, even with Wesley I, in there, Ingram you you put Mixon in, and he's already projected to win. So, um. I'm gonna take Jonathan. Yeah, I'm gonna take Jonathan as well. Sorry, Eli. I think I think Eli puts up points. I think he's a top seven scorer once again. Um Well and that's what Eli needs, right? Yeah, that's that's what he needs. He needs points, he needs Josh to score not many points, and he's projected to score more than Josh. So hopefully Josh uh in for Eli scores less than his projected points again this week. Yeah. Uh wanna move on to that's our last matchup, Fire and Ice. Yep, let's move on to our fire and ice picks. <clears throat> Okay, my my fire pick is only is only a, a is only a thing because this player was actually claimed off of waivers for one dollar, uh, and that player is CJ Ham. I think he could he could I catch a touchdown this week. We've been utilizing. He him. could oh, for for sure. I could see like a sec, second down and goal from the two. We rushed it on first and goal. Dalvin got stuffed. I could see us doing a little play action. Uh, bootleg to the left with CJ Ham leaking out. I could I could see a CJ Ham touchdown. So I'm going to put the I'm going to put the requirements for a fire pick for CJ Ham is a touchdown. All right. I think CJ gets it done this week. Perfect. Well, I think I think that AJ <laughs> Brown gets it done this week. Um they are going up against Houston and I think without Henry, I think they're going to pass the ball. Um, until they get up by 35 points, uh, then they're going to start to run it. But I think AJ Brown catches a lot of passes. Like I said, he's kind of been, kind of been up and down. Um, other than you know week six, seven, eight, where he had 16, 28, and 32, but uh, followed that with nine and three. I think he's going to rebound against a Houston, a bad Houston defense. Yeah, I definitely could see that happening. Uh, my ice pick is um, 
a little I wouldn't even say unconventional, but I'm gonna I'm gonna foresee and I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that Jonathan Taylor comes back down to earth. He is the number one running back in PPR formats. He is the number one running back in standard formats. I he's scored um, above fifteen points since week four. So week four on. So I'll just go through his point totals for the week or from week one all the way. 14.6, 5.8, 7.7, 20, 31, 29, 16, 19, 33, 20, 22. Um, he's, got, he's scored a touchdown every week start since week four, um, at least one touchdown. But he's going up against Buffalo. They're at Buffalo. They looked pretty shaky uh, overall against Jacksonville. They did win. But I'm uh, – I'm going to say that Buffalo goes all out to stop Jonathan Taylor and is going to make Carson Wentz try to beat them. I don't think Jonathan Taylor goes over 100 yards, and I don't think Jonathan Taylor scores a touchdown. Oof. I might have to differ with you. I'm actually reading, and he's got, like, the fastest uh, fastest runs. Two of the fastest runs. Oh, he's blazing. I, he's super I fast. I didn't realize he was that fast of a player. But anyways, I, I'm going to... I'm going to disagree. He's like the only good player on that offense. They're going to get him the ball. Maybe not necessarily in rushing, but they're going to pass it to him, I think. But you could be right. Um, But with that, my ice pick this week is actually going to be Chris Godwin. Um, They're going up against that sneaky good uh, Giants team. Uh, Defense, I should say. Not a a team. Uh, But I think that... I don't know. I just don't like him against the Giants. I think that they're going to hone in on one of the wide receivers. So um, I think Mike Evans could have a bigger day. Chris Godwin, not as much. Um, Buccaneers will win, but not with Chris Godwin. Okay. Heard it here first. CJ Hamm is going to go for a touchdown. AJ Brown's going to have a big day. Jonathan Taylor and Chris Godwin are... Uh, C.J. Ham will have more touchdowns be... than Chris Godwin this week. <laughs> Kane's bet. No, I'm good. Come on. You're already going to win. You already have the Vikings plus two. Yeah. I'm going to win. So, it's all right. I'll keep my money. On, on air. On air. Podcast. Kane's bet. I'm good. I'll pass. Okay. All right, guys, that's uh, that's it for this week. Hope you enjoyed. Um, as all, hey, second week in a row, we're out before Thursday night football. Don't call it a trend. Don't call it a trend. Don't please, a please don't call it a trend because we'll screw it up at some point. Actually, like, actually, yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't do that. Have a good week, everyone. Enjoy. Bye.